Welcome to Life Rhythms Radio Show. I am your host, DJ producer Ryan Skye. Life Rhythms is a radio show that revolves around my personal growth journey. As a singer, songwriter, and record producer, I spend a lot of my time observing the world around me, looking inward, trying to make sense of it all, and and, I, and I've been doing it in song form. <laughs> Up until now, I've been doing it in song form, and now I'm doing it in my radio show, Life Rhythms. So each episode of Life Rhythms, we feature a different personal growth topic. I have a guest on the show, um, another artist, and we will feature their song. And we talk about a, a growth, personal growth topic related to the song. So today's episode, I'm very excited. It's, we're doing two parts. Um, but I have, we're, we're featuring the song, Bed which you heard a little clip of it coming into this segment. Bed is blowing up all over the world. It's a huge dance pop record. I love the record. It's by Joel Corey and David Guetta, and it features vocalist Ray. Ray is coming on the show today. I'm going to be interviewing her, and I'm going to be talking to Ray about dating because if you listen to the song, if you watch the music video online, which I highly recommend that you do, it's it's a super tongue-in-cheek song about dating culture in the modern world about the swipe culture you know what it's like just the superficial apps like tinder and bumble and how it encourages people to kind of find relationships out of or partnerships out of convenience or hookup culture and just all these things that we experience now that 10 years ago 20 years ago you know dating was a totally different experience so we're going to bring ray on and we're going to talk to her about the song and and these sorts of things about you know the experience of modern dating in, in this um, in this app world. I also have a very special guest who's going to be my co-host today. Her name is Susan Winter. She is a she is an expert, a relationship and dating expert. She's been doing this for twenty years, and she's been on Oprah. She has a book out. She's been all over the world. She's I recommend having her online and I wanted to bring her on to get her professional take on this experience because having been in the business for 20 years, she has seen the evolution of dating. And so what we're going to do is in segment one, we're going to, it's going to be, I'm going to bring Susan on. We're going to, we're going to talk about this very topic. And then segment two, I'm going to bring Ray on the vocalist for the record and we're going to get her experience dating. We're going to talk about the single and all of those sorts of things. Um, she's she's a British singer-songwriter from London. Um, you, you may have heard her on songs by Jax Jones, like You Don't Know Me. And um, she was on a record with Rudimental. She's had number one, number six on the singles charts, number four on dance charts. She's just she's just doing lots of collaborations, and 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 um, I love her her voice. I love her energy. I'm so excited to have her on. Susan, same thing love her energy she's authentic she really knows what she's talking about and it's gonna be such a pleasure to talk to the both of them so we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back we are going to dive into this topic right here on adobe radio Welcome back to Life Rhythms Radio Show. I am your host, DJ producer Ryan Sky. So excited for this episode today. We have a special guest with us coming up later. This is a two-segment part interview, and we have special guest Ray, who's a vocalist on the record Bed, which you just heard a little clip on coming into this opening segment. It's one of my favorite songs at the moment. Um, I, I love the production and, and the lyrics, and, and particularly um, when we bring Ray on, we're going to talk about her experience. We, you know, if you haven't heard, so we just played a little clip of Bed, but um, if you haven't listened to the whole song, it's, it's more or less about dating um, in the modern world and kind of what our experience is about using dating apps and, and um, the, it, how it's changed over the years, you know, we're in swipe culture now. So I have Ray coming on in segment two, but for segment one, I'm very excited to have a special guest with me today who's gonna be my co-host, and that is Susan Winter. She is a dating expert, and I have her with me today. Hi, Susan. 
Hey, Brian, how are you? This is so much fun. <laughs> oh, I've been seeing you on Instagram and now I get to talk to you in person. I love uh, it. Oh, so excited to have you on today and hear your perspective on this. Well, you know, you're right. Technology and, and it's changed in the swipe culture. It's crazy. I mean, dating is not really getting to know somebody and forming an opinion. Dating is look and an impulse buy, like look, shop, buy, check it out. You know, it's that's the way it's like an Amazon. It, yeah, it is experience, like a, right? Yeah, it is. And, and so how long have you been in this sphere of working with with individuals in the dating concept or con yeah in terms of um helping with their love lives and and um coaching how long have you been doing this for just this just is about 20 years you know ryan this okay. was an accidental career i had retired in my late 30s moved to a golf course uh built a home thought i was done thought i'd be a consultant <laughs> what kind and of uh, what kind of consultant it was a different industry Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in financial um, news and I did a lot of um, on-camera work for companies, okay. corporations. And um, I, so I left the company that is now CNBC. It was called FNN. Okay. And I just took all my chips and built a home about an hour outside of New York to get away from the crime. And there's this gorgeous guy in my gym. And I'm uh -oh. like, oof. <laughs> and he was. I thought he was a couple years younger. I looked about 31. He looked about 26. As it turned out, I had flipped from 39 to 40, mm. and he flipped from 18 to 19. And all wow. hell broke loose wow. in this little, tiny, rural town right off the Appalachian Trail, an hour outside of New York. And I wouldn't give him up just because people had a reaction to it. But remember, this was so far from New York. This was not no bus line, no train line. And it was that experience of the, the hatred and the victimization and the cruelty inflicted by that community. I, I just I, I, I felt like I was living through an, an episode of Black Mirror or The Outer Limits. I mean, I yeah. knew it was we, I knew they wouldn't understand it but I didn't want them to stop something that was real. So the bottom line is I eventually, seven years later, wrote a book about this kind of discrimination of older women who happen to love a younger man who also loves them. And um, that kind of pushed me onto the stage of, you know, Oprah and everything else. I mean, mm. I didn't have a publicist. I didn't expect to be here, but I had something to say. And that's how I ended up here. <laughs> when, when, when you talk about the world being shaken and the experience, I, I could see it going one or two ways. I could see it either adding tons of stress onto that relationship to the point where it doesn't work out, but I could also see it bringing you close together because it's kind of like us against the world. What, what was the experience like? I would have preferred that it had been the latter, but it ended up being the former. It really mm. ripped him apart. He was very close to his family. <laughs> and they basically said, it is her or us. And when he chose oh. me, boy, did they make him pay. And oh. he psychologically couldn't take it. Wow. Yeah. So was this, this was 20 some years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, 95 to about like 2000, 2002. Okay. Uh, something like that, 94, 95. So it was a different time period. It was in a very remote location. Uh, New York, nobody bat an eye, but there they did. And it was, uh, so I, it's funny how life will sometimes kick you to where you need to be. I thought I was done. I was looking, mm. I was looking to keep in the industry. I was doing my spiritual stuff. I, I was kind of looking for projects, but I, I didn't really see this coming. And believe me, I didn't sign up for it like, <laughs> oh, young guys, I want that. That's my category. Yeah. I want to be known for that. Never saw it coming. And uh, sometimes you get something and you're like, oh, okay, if it's this bad for me, how would it be for others? And so I, I had something to say. If I had been toying with him and only using him, it would have been fine. Nobody would have minded. The fact that we loved each other, that mm -hmm. was an issue. So that was an issue for me. We could have been a gay couple 10, 15 years earlier or 100 years earlier. Yes. I could have, we could have been an interracial couple. It was just a new terrain, same discrimination. And so I wrote a book and then the book just went internationally. And so did you start hearing from other people who were, had similar experiences? Yes, yes. And, and so I had to interview 200 couples in order to justify. I mean, I, the, the publisher kept saying to me, well, how do you know it's true? And I said, well, I lived it. 
And she said, we need more examples. So they needed 200 couples. And boy, we found them. How they did came you find out them? Of the woodwork. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. it's so weird. Everybody had somebody. It's like shaking the family tree for an alcoholic. They all start coming down. <laughs> you know, my pl- I had my plumber. My plumber's mom married a guy his age. Okay. The, the, the co-author, her neighbor had... Uh, her neighbor was married to an older woman. It just went on and on. And we had to do it very discreetly. We didn't want people to know that we were doing this. We were unknown writers. So it was uh, extraordinary how we found one person after the next. Everybody knew somebody. And did you find it uh, through lines, interviewing 200 people, aside from the stigma and maybe other people's reactions, what about the actual dynamic of the couples themselves? Well, here's, here's how it connects kind of to where we're going. The resonance and connection between the couple had to be so much stronger because it had to withstand the constant assault from exterior criticism. And there was so much that they had in common. Externally, they might look that they're not a fit. And yet inside, they were woven together in this unbelievable resonance. And so that began my process of thinking outside the box and reforming relationships and coming from a more truthful position, a more authentic position, because I wasn't doing what was expected of me. I did what my heart said was right. Mm. I did what felt real. And when I did, I walked against the crowd and I saw the price I paid for it. And then I realized how we are all... Um, misled by having to be right or perfect or good for somebody else's opinion and that maybe we're missing a truthful love that's real for us and limiting ourselves. That this person is going to act in a certain way or treat you in a certain way or you're going to have the same sorts of problems that maybe somebody else had with you. Um, That, you know, those are kinds of... that's challenging and I guess when you're dating somebody young I can see that they'll be pure and they're open and they're just excited and um, but maybe also too they haven't had a chance to learn some of these um, like what about communication styles and being able to talk through things and and being him him being aware of of himself and his behaviors and patterns and like were those things you had to teach him or, or did, yes, he he was open, but at some point in the relationship, it got to be that um, I was looked at as more of a parental figure, mm. and then he got to be the errant, petulant child, because there's a lot of resistance. Part of growing up in a relationship is that you don't, you'd like to come in as two adults. Yes. And it was very clear that the, the wealth of information I had accumulated yeah. and self-awareness was kind of <laughs> over the top. And so he came in like a blank slate and it was a lot for him to take in. Um, he was very intelligent, um, but it was a lot. It was just a lot for him yeah. on every level. I can relate with my last my last relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Same sort of thing. Ten, yeah. 10 years younger than me and... Um, um, very, very smart, loving, sweet, and 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 I think I, I I overloaded him with a lot of information in the beginning, and it was just uh, it can set up a feeling of inferiority. Yeah. At which point I uh, there's nothing held against. It. Listen, you've never been down that road before. How would you have that information? It's like if I'm 20 and I'm talking to somebody 70, I can't have your life experience. I can't. So it's it's not about a good or a bad. It's just that you don't want them to feel inadequate. And oftentimes when people feel inadequate, their first impulse is to act out and find where their strength lies. Ah. And sometimes it can be to push against you yes, or find your weak spot and dig into yes. it so that they can have some kind of Equality, equality there. Equality yeah. of like, okay, I I may not be as experienced with relationships or communication, but you, you know, I'm I'm seeing this and this in you that you need to work on. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's actually what yeah, ha- yeah. happened in my case. And but you know what? It, it was it was um um it was a challenging experience the breakup, but it was also it we served as mirrors to each other. That's the incredible part. Isn't he was it? a mirror to me. 
and, oh, and but you're aware. See, Brian, you're aware. Most I, people are just like, oh, he was a dick. I didn't like it. But you I was, know, you, but you're saying you're I saying am. he was a mirror. He but was. that's really aware. But I was surprised because I spent years. So so before this, I I hadn't been in in a, in a relationship for. It's been five years between this one and the one before. And I, I purposely did not commit. And I dated with the intention of, of healing myself, learning about myself, figuring out what I want, learning communication styles. And I thought I healed through most of it, but it wasn't until the commitment was made with this recent one that stuff came up that I didn't realize was still inside of me. I thought I worked through some certain things, but there's some things that don't, come up until you're actually in the commitment right so that's what i mean by like the the, the mirror was there and i was like oh wow I, I actually still need to work on this i need to work on that and so i'm grateful for for that experience <laughs> you know you know from a more evolved perspective that is the purpose of a relationship it is to bring up that stuff and then to find the partner who will be willing to hold your hand say okay i see it too here we go. We're going to do this together. Yes. And and that's supposed to be what happens. And it's such a beautiful it could be a beautiful thing if if you're yep. able if you're able to stay and work through it together. You're healing each other. You're helping each other heal. And that's such exactly. a beautiful thing, right? Exactly. That's that's why we're drawn into relation. I mean, I think that's the ultimate game plan. I think we get sidetracked. We think, oh, they're so hot. Oh my goodness, I'll have this life. Oh, isn't it great to have a partner? I think that's all the bait that gets us in the design. I think it's actually the inherent message within relationships is to foster our evolution as a human being, to become more aware of who we are and then through the vehicle of coupledom to refine ourselves and evolve. I think that's what I feel it is. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Um, so listeners, if you're just joining us, just a quick recap, we have um, Susan Winter with us for this first segment. She is a dating and relationship expert and coach. And um, we're, we're talking about the modern dating um, and kind of the evolution of it. Susan has been doing this for 20 years. And I'm curious, Susan, so 20 years ago, we didn't have apps. We, we, we weren't able to swipe each other, right? We, we had the traditional, you, you run into somebody or you go to a bar. And I, I would really love to know your take on how have you seen dating evolve over the, over the years? Oh, oh. You know, after I wrote the book, I was done. I didn't mean after I after the first couple of years, Ryan, I was going to get out. I'd done all the press. I mean, they all came to me. I didn't have a publicist, didn't have a website. They found me. I did everything from New York Times to Oprah. I was like, I'm done. I thought the message was out there. I'm done. And then I looked at the world around 2003, 2004. Everybody's hooking up. They're not really mindful of what they're doing. They're yeah. just kind of like taking this body, throwing it in a bed, and then to withstand, right? And to withstand the emotional impact, the goal of many people was to pull out their emotions and bury them. Like throw the body in the bed and don't feel anything. That wow. was the goal. Wow. Well, because how can you withstand that cycle otherwise? And it, the, the, so the hookup culture um, mm. really started to affect people's self-esteem. And then the dating apps on top of that, because you have a permissiveness to just do this now. And then the new word every week of bad behavior, whether it's ghosting or haunting or, I don't know, window shopping, that was mine or who knows what, you know. Well, uh, window shopping, how do you how do you? Uh, describe oh, that. oh, that's just that's when they're flipping through. Uh, that's my term for, you know, there's a difference between a shopper uh, and a window shopper, like a real buyer goes oh. in. They know what they want. They get it. They make the purchase. The window shoppers like, how much does that cost? I don't know. Can you take that? What's that? Uh, what, what about the one in the back? They just waste your time and they're not going to do anything. It's like the people on the apps that chat you up, they leave. They chat you up, they leave. They chat you up, they leave. Yes, they're window yes, shopping. Yes, yes, yes. If they knew what they wanted, they'd make a move they'd move toward it consistently, right? So there's a lot of this weird behavior that yes. happens. And we've gotten, I mean, it's weird. The, the, the swipe apps were designed as an improvement 
to cut to the chase because people were not reading profiles anyway. They know human nature. You're shopping with your eyes. You like what you see. Maybe read the profile. Maybe you don't. And it was to cut through the chase and just, okay, let's see if we have a connection when we meet in person. Um, But it, it was kind of throwing the cart before the horse because in the organic world, when you're meeting somebody all of your senses are taking in information. Mm. They may not be somebody that you would feel, oh, this is perfect for me. Love the six pack, love the chiseled face, <laughs> right? But they're, they're, they're witty and they're smart yeah. and, they're, and they're intuitive and they're quick and maybe they're playful and you're like, ooh, this is exciting. Mm. And you wouldn't have seen that otherwise. It's just, it's thrown things into hyperdrive. Yeah, what about the fact that we have access to more choices than we have ever oh, have before? God. God, it's so weird. I, I, I'm, I'm doing that um, next week in a live show on YouTube, The Paradox of Choice. Okay. Okay. There is so much choice that you tend to never make a selection because you're overwhelmed. There's this thing, you've heard of FOMO, right? Now there's FOBO, fear of a better option. So I can't tell you how many people are dating multiple people and everybody thinks that maybe they've got a chance to get the slot of partner, right? But they're they're just all kind of on simmer on the stove (laughs) and and this cyclic thing because if I choose this one, oh, look at that. That's better. Maybe that's going to be better. There's just too much. It's like emotional ADD. I mean, we just have too much of it. Yeah, it's uh, when you have so many options, you almost go into freeze mode because you're yes, overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed. And I'm out in LA and I hear comments all the time about how people say it's so difficult to date in LA because people. So I lived in New York, where you're at. Um, yeah. I was there for seven years, dated in New York, and now I've been in LA for, mm, uh, I think, like four years. The cultures are very different. For, for my experience is that, in, and in, in, in maybe this is just my personal experience, but when I was in New York, I noticed that people were quick to write you off, but they were also quick to com- They were also more willing to commit. Um, whereas in New in, in LA, the experience is like people are happy to go on dates, and they're happy to spend time and, and to go on dates. So they they're let they don't write you off as quickly, but they're also way less likely to commit. There's almost like a like an opposite kind of effect. It's like, yeah, I'm ha- like they'll keep dating and dating and dating, and going out with you, but they'll never want to take it to the not never. I mean, I, I've been in a relationship out here, but and I've seen other people successfully dating out here. So I, I don't want to speak in um, y- you know these terms where like this is how it is for everybody, but just kind of culture wise, I notice that people are happy to engage with you out in LA. They're happy to go out with you, but it's almost like grass is greener syndrome. They're, they're not quite sure if they're willing to commit because they're, you know, there could be someone right around the corner. So they're kind of just like keeping their options open. You know what? LA has so much pretty. Yeah. I don't think they give you a driver's license unless you're pretty. I think you just have to be pretty. I was scared to go there in my twenties. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't go there now. I mean, and to move there now, I mean, I, I understand, and I think you're more open out there on the West Coast, and um, you know the conversations are interesting and deep and spiritual. But then you wonder, hmm. at, and the 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 real nugget. It, it the thing about New Yorkers is they tend to tell you what they think. Yes, and I like that yes, yes. brutal honesty. I'd rather know where I stand with you yes. than have you be all sweet and I think I've got something and I don't. So I would prefer the former. I would prefer the New York dating. Yes, discard me in the beginning because uh, you're not interested, and, but at least don't waste my time. Yeah, the, the the New York experience was more direct for sure. In LA, mm-hmm. it's it's less direct about how somebody feels. And I think people are less direct within themselves. I think they're not quite sure how they feel or what they want. And yet everyday people find their way to partnership and sometimes yeah. we wonder how they do it. Mm-hmm. I wonder <laughs> how I did it, I, I, I found recently. <laughs> and um, it just happens naturally sometimes. So so I wanna, what I wanna ask you is, what are the positives of, of the apps? 
Well, the positive of the, the apps, all these apps, they allow you to meet a much broader spectrum okay. of people than you would normally. Because think about it. If we are dating in real life, we are meeting people in our community. We're meeting in person. You can't be everywhere. For all that we hate the dating apps and they're a necessary part of dating because they are one more tier of opportunity, we all know somebody who got married because they met on yeah. the app or yeah. they, they're coupled and they met on a dating app. So my girlfriend was just about to get off Bumble and she's like, that's it. They chat me up, then they mm. go away. I'm t she was exhausted. And okay. some guy came in that was way out of her territory of how far she wanted to go, but they were a match and she had signed off. And for some reason or other, he did all the right things. He didn't just want to chat back and forth. He said, hey, do you want to get on a phone call? She said, oh my God, yes. Yeah. They met that weekend, boom, that was it. Beautiful. Because they both had spent enough time that they knew what they wanted. And when they saw what they wanted, they were able to make a move. Because part of the, 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 the one good thing about online dating and uh, all these apps, they teach you very quickly the nonsense you don't want to put up with. Yes, 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 <laughs> right? yes, 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 yes. And the minute you see it, you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and you can, you can even tell a little bit about someone's personality by, by what they put in the profile. For example, True. I can tell if it's an avoidant personality based on some of the things that they say or don't say. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes. Like, what are the clues? Well, we're coming on. I, I, we're coming to the end of the segment, unfortunately. Okay. But just just to give you like a, a quick example, I I, I dated um, I, I dated somebody last year. Eventually, came to find out that um, he had a, an avoidant personality. When I when I thought about the profile, the profile said something like. Yeah, I'm just here for the cat photos or something like that. It was okay. it was very like no mention of of who he is, what he wants. It was very just like, yeah, I'm just here for the cat, like casual and just kind of avoiding, you know. Okay, he was unclear and indirect. And when we met and, you, when, and when we met for our first date, he was wearing like sweats, like like gym clothes or something. Oh. Puts yeah. a lot of effort into the preparation, right? <laughs> <laughs> so really avoiding things going, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it makes sense. Um, but um, so, yeah, we are actually coming to the end of our segment together. And um, it goes by fast, right? Yeah. It's so yeah. fast. But it's been such a pleasure to have you on, everybody. This is Susan Winter. And, um, I, you know, we're going to take a short break. And we're, when I come back, I'm going to have my guest Ray on, who's the vocalist on the single bed, which we're featuring today. And we're going to talk about these sorts of things with Ray and the song bed and her dating experience with the apps. But before we go, Susan, I, I just, I, you know, I, people who are curious to connect with you, can you tell them how they can get in touch with you or find you online? Oh, sweet. Uh, SusanWinter.net. And just go to YouTube and type in Susan Winter. You can get, I've got like 550 videos or something like that. I've got a lot of videos. Awesome if you content. Want some help. Thank you. Yeah. Thank and, you, and Ryan. I'm a fan. That's why I brought you on the show. I've, I've watched your videos. And, and you know what? I'm just going to end with this. There is such an authenticity to you and to what you have to say. And when I watched your videos for advice for myself, for things that I was going through, it, they resonated with me. You just have such a way of speaking on topics that there's something inside of you that recognizes truth, even if you, uh -huh. you know, and I, I saw that in thank your videos you. um, and that's why I wanted to bring you on the show. I thought you'd be perfect for this. So thank you for joining us today. Oh, I'm honored. I'm honored and thank you. That is probably the high, highest compliment you could give anybody in my profession. I, that's oh, really important to us. I mean thank that. you so much. I mean that. So thank you for coming on. Everybody, we're gonna take a short break and when we come back, I'm gonna be bringing Ray on and we're gonna be talking to her about her, her single bed right after this short break on Adobe Radio. Welcome back to Life Rhythms Radio Show. I am your host, DJ producer Ryan Skye. Woo, it's gonna be a good episode today. I'm excited because I have special guests with me, Ray, joining us all the way from London. Hey, girl. 
Hello, darling. How are you? <laughs> I love that there's a little bit of singing in there. That's very, very nice touch. A little subtle. Hello, darling. <laughs> Hello. I'm so happy to be on the show. Welcome to the show, honey. Um, we're glad to have you. And I also want to bring on my guest. Uh, I'm sorry, my my co-host. I'm not your guest. And manager, <laughs> Scott Waldman. And I got work in the morning. <laughs> early, early. <in. laughs> but who needs sleep when when you when we're loving it up? Oh, I see what you guys are doing there. Yeah. Do those happen to be lyrics from a song? I mean, you know I sleep on the left side. <laughs> Do you sleep on the left side? I sleep. Well, if you sleep on the left side. Would you move to the right if I would do it for you? Oh, I, oh. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it depends. I sleep on the right side because it's closer to the AC and I need that, I need that white noise blowing on my face. So oh, if yeah. I move to the yeah. left side, I'm moving away from the AC and that's, I must really, really love you if I make that move. That's a pretty big move for me. Yeah, I really hear that. I love, I love AC background noise as well. I find it really calming. Yeah. Or like a fan or just anything making some sort of whirring sound. Mm. Mm, so nice. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting living in the love city because you're, are you, you're still in London now, yeah? Yes, yes. So I so I grew up in the country, um, but then I spent seven years in in New York and now I live in LA. Wow. But my entire family, entire family from kids to my uncles, we all sleep with fans on, even during the winter, even when it's cold outside. Snowing. Yeah, I do that too. Why is that? There's something why do you, comforting Why do your about family do that? It's something very discomforting about it. It helps me fall asleep. And, mm. and if I don't have it, like if I find that I'm traveling and, and it's like dead silence, it, it's, 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 I have a much harder time falling asleep. I have to have like an app. I actually yeah. have an app on my phone that makes noise like a fan. Oh, <laughs> like ambient, like that kind of does that yeah. oceany. It's, it's yeah. white noise. Yeah, yeah. I have an app on my phone that plays screamo music every time I sleep. <laughs> and you just fall asleep like a baby. For some of it. Well, that screamo music, that must be Max, your baby. Well, he actually has gotten better at sleeping, but I always say that he would be a wonderful addition to the used or story of the year. <laughs> we should have him on the show <laughs> when he can see. I, I, I manage his schedule, and I can tell you he naps from 8.40 a.m. Pacific time to about 9.45 a.m. Pacific time, and again, from 1 p.m. Pacific time to 3 p.m. Pacific time. So if you could work with his schedule, I'll let you know. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so real quick for, for, for listeners, but we're, you know, we're in, we're in America. This, this is um, broadcasting. And I just, you know, we've got Ray on the show and she's such a gem. For those of you listening, just to bring you up to speed if you're not in on it, which you should be, but Ray, she's a British singer-songwriter from London. She is currently, um, she has a song out called Bed, <clears throat> which you heard a little clip of it coming into this segment. Um, she co-released it with Joe Corey and David Guetta, which, girl, I'm proud of you because you started out doing more featured work as a singer, and then now here you are as a co-lead co artist on this record. It's pretty, yeah, that's pretty. I'm glad you noticed that. I did. I'm trying to take them steps, you know, bit by bit, and. That's a big step. Oh, yeah. That's important. That's important. It's, you know, especially because, um, I, you know, I, f I follow your career. It's funny because there's, there's there's times where I'll come across songs and I'll be like, yes, I love this song. Who wrote this song? And your name will be on that list. I'm like, this girl can write. She can really write. She can write. I follow your K-Rayer. K-Rayer? What? K-Rayer. K-Rayer? K-Rayer. K-Rayer. I follow your K-Rayer. That was a good pun, you know. Korea. <laughs> Just cite me every time you do it. That's all I need. And I get 3% royalty. Back in uh, November 2020. And it spawned the yeah. UK top 10 single Secrets with Regard. Which I'm a, I'm a fan of that record. And then you also had Regardless out, which I've been jamming to the gym. Oh, yeah. It's a good... good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Regardless of the Gym. You today. Da, 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 da. Yeah, so catchy. Yeah, super good. 
um, Rapture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting because I, I didn't really make the, uh, you, you do have kind of an, a Nadia Ali vibe going on. And and mm. before before that record, did you get comparisons to her? In Do you know what I never I never had before, but I realized when singing the oh like we have we both have this like gritty kind of alto tone when we sing down there yeah and I was definitely chatting okay um and she, but she loved it she reached out to me actually she said I love the song she she we're gonna catch up and like maybe make some together. I just think she's an absolute gem. Yeah, yeah, and same same thing here. I um, I did not really make the correlation between the two of you, the similarities until I, I heard um, regardless. 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 <laughs> here we go. Let's, let's keep an, let's you know what's funny is Ryan acts like he doesn't like them, but he does. I just want you to know that. Yeah, yeah. So. So what we're doing today is we're featuring Bed, and um, the last I checked, Bed is number six on the UK singles charts. Um, in, in terms of what's it is number right, yeah, it's number. Okay, um, I don't know if the single charts it works like the Billboard charts, whereas like 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 on the Billboard charts, I can see where where the um, you know where the single is going to be in a week or two from now. I, but on on the actual website, they they don't show you right. So as of what's publicly displayed, it's number six on the singles charts and number four on the dance chart on the dance charts in the UK. That's crazy. Yeah. And you know what's nuts is we have like we we've just started the campaign. Like we haven't even, you know, it came out like a month ago. Usually this is the kind of time that you, you know, start an intense and doing content and you know, acoustic versions. But it's like been received so effortlessly so yeah quickly and it's and, and and globally and you did you did a couple tracks with um david Guetta before so yes. it seemed like a not it, it seemed like natural to bring the three of you together he he is one of my favorite people on this planet he yeah. is one of my best friends i absolutely adore him he he's so great he's up for anything and he is his love for music is like that of a 12 year old child. He is so excited and passionate. And I love passionate people. I love people who care yeah. about details and, you know, music like him. So, well, it was I think that the music that one gets into when they're, you know, 12, 13, 14 can really shape their entire musical landscape. Mm, I, I can see that. I was thinking about it. Did, it did for me. Did it? it did for a lot of my friends. I mean, it's because, and this is a theory, but I think it's because when you discover something at that age, you have a certain kind of ownership to it. Right. And you're also young and and and, and building your identity. So then it becomes part of your identity that you then right. take with you in later years. That makes sense. <clears throat> I was thinking about David last night and him being on this record, and I, I thought. Man, he, and it's funny because what, what you just said about him, because I was thinking those exact same things. I'm like, I'm just thinking like, this dude does not need to release a single song for the rest of his life. Like he is set. And for him to, <laughs> you know, and for, for him Fact. to still be so actively putting out music, being part of it, he must just be so in love with the process of just making music and putting it yeah, out that he just can't, he just can't stop. That that's like that was my theory, you know, thinking about it last night. It's nuts, and I think I kind of have a feeling I'm going to be the same at this age. Like I feel like I'm really just going to be still just completely obsessed. You're going to be the rain. Yeah. <laughs> rain. Well, you've you've been busy. You've been really busy over the past couple of years. You've been you've mm -hmm. been featured on a lot of records. You've released, you know, you've been featured on a lot of records, co-released, putting out your own uh, mini album. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this seems like a really special time in your career. It must be, it must feel exciting for you. You know what? It is yeah. both incredible and, you know, also people, obviously, because most people are just kind of discovering me and my music for the first time. I'm still definitely, I would define myself as a new artist, but I have been releasing music for eight years, you know, so it's yeah. like, I'm 23 now, 
you know, I feel like people uh, talk all the time about the great parts. Okay. When you want a career in music, you have to put in the shift. You have to, as a woman and as a woman in dance music, you know, women don't really be front in dance music like that. It's a DJ that an independent, like a woman on her own standing dance. Yeah. It hasn't been done for a while since thousands. Right. But you had Kiska and you had the, you know, Ina. Right, and now people see the success and it's, it's, it feels like an overnight thing, but you're saying eight years. I mean, eight years is commitment. It's 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 commitment. Every night. It's a lot <laughs> of uncertainty. Years, yeah. yeah, it's uncertainty. Eight years yeah. is college and med school. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and being a woman on the show, I mean, we've had a lot of really interesting guests on the show. We've had, you know, um, cheat codes and, and other guests we've talked about. We've we've talked about um, um, women in the music industry, misre- you know, underrepresentation. We actually, I mentioned to you Autumn Rowe before the show, one of my good friends. And, um, and, and I had her on the show and she gave me really good advice. And, and she was saying like, she's like, you know, um, let the work speak for itself. She said, just quietly do the work and put it out and let it speak for, the, for, for itself. Yeah. Work uh, in silence and let the success speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, cause like, for instance, I'm gay. So she's like, she's like, don't be like the gay DJ. Just make great music and put it out. And then you just happen to be gay. And, let, and it's much more powerful to, right, to let. To- yeah. Yeah. And because and she's black, she's black. And she's like, do you know how she's like, first of all, I'm female and I'm black and I'm a songwriter. She's like, I'm usually the only woman in the room and definitely usually the only black person in the room. She's like, do yeah. you think I make a big deal about it? Do you think I'm like, I'm a black woman and you know, no, she's like, I just go in and I do my work and I make the music and, and, and the success of the songs and the beauty of the songs that is that is like her testament that's how she breaks barriers in the industry and, and wait, just on that note we had kaiza on the show another female artist and we literally spoke about toxic masculinity oh yeah so we're on your side ray yeah yeah we're with you girl oh guys thank you <laughs> and, I, and also just the openness and awareness to even just feel like you're able to talk about it you know, without upsetting anyone, like being able to express yourself. As well, a woman. we can't control how other people perceive information. So if you're right, being open right. and upfront and honest and someone's upset, you know, you're being yourself and that's how they respond. However, we could choose to respond in the most respectful manner. You know what I mean? We can only control ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So 100%. for for the remaining portion of the interview, I, I really want to get into the, the topic of the, of, the, of the episode. I know the topic. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is all good. We're getting we're 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 making our way there. And, um, you know, so the song is called Bed. I've got Ray mm-hmm. on the on the show. Ray's the vocalist um, of the track. She's also co-writer of the track, co-lead artist on the track, which I'm very proud of you for that. Um, the song is super catchy. It just has been released and it's already flying up the charts. But what I want to talk about, so, okay. I was reading um, rave, weraveyou.com and they had a description of the video, which I, I want to read because I think it set, quickly sets up uh, what, what we can talk about for the remaining portion of this, of this interview. So this is what they had to say. So they say, okay. Bed sees Joel, Corey, and Ray team up as hosts of an online shopping channel. This is the for the this is the music video. You guys are hosts of an online shopping channel in which you sell robotic clones of yourselves. And viewers at home in the music video, they're desperate to get their hands on their own version of this perfect pair of you two. So the purchasers are soon left disappointed when they realize that although Joel's got this like Ken doll-esque abs and chiseled jaw, he actually lacks in the, in the music video, originality. As each passerby in the street, they see walking past with their own Joe Corey. So it's like everyone's got their own Joe Corey. So there's no originality there. And then the feeling is similar for the male purchasers who purchase their Ray dolls, <laughs> um, um, who initially, you know, they, they're into your, this is again, the website, your seductive curves and sultry smile. Um, only, uh, this is this is the description on the website. Um, only to find that your personality in the music video is dull and predictably too robotic. So the video, this was kind of like their breakdown, is that the video has is is seen kind of like as a um, 
pun intended, a swipe at the online dating scene with superficial apps like Tinder or Bumble encouraging users to find fake relationships or partnerships of convenience that's based on physical attraction without forming any kind of spiritual connection beforehand. Right. So I wanted to talk to you about the, just watching your music video and listening to bed. It just got me thinking about attraction and courtship and, and dating. So last week we had um, Frank Walker on and we talked about romance and kind of like, because he has a song out called Kiss Me. We talked about like, has the, has the, the has, has, is romance dying or evolving? And then I'm listening to your song and now I'm thinking about, okay, attraction and courtship, has that, you know, how has that changed in the age of dating? Um, and what's interesting to me is, is, is like with you, you're, you're young. So when you started dating online culture, and I'm just guessing, but am I right? But online, online culture was, it was, was, was already predominantly part of how you dated, right? Is, is that right? Right. There's so much pressure and this is the age of anxiety and depression yeah. in our youth. Like, you know what social media is doing. There are so many pros and about connectivity and being able to access your fans. But obviously we are all aware of the huge repercussions. And I feel like we are going to see, like you're talking about, a, a huge shift. Black Mirror, I guess, in style. <sighs> We don't even realize how controlled it's being. You know, you watch Netflix shows like The Social Dilemma. Right. And you don't, and, and you don't realize how, how far into the algorithm you are and how, how it's affecting what you're watching, what you're seeing, and what you're not seeing. Isn't it just insane? It is. But it's also interesting, too. I was, I was reading a study that COVID has, is, is also has played a role in, in, in the online dating that actually they were saying that even post COVID, as things are opening back up, one night stands are on the decline and things like having a FaceTime date prior to meeting someone are becoming more popular. Mm. Yeah, so it seems like people are genuinely trying to find ways to, to connect um, beyond just the app. And, um, and I really do think it's, it's what you put into it. So I'm curious, like, what is your experience? Do you use the apps personally or? Yeah, do you know what? I, I used to always be quite cynical about believing that it should happen the natural way and, and wrapped up in my world. But I think we all are as individuals and humans now, we're just kind of getting on with it and we're independent and we're, you know, we have our routines. So have, you know, I'm booking the Uber for then. This is when I'm gonna do this. And then I'm gonna meet my friends here. Yeah. Looking for love, you can't really schedule, I think. So I think dating apps really help in terms of the pace that mm. we are all moving at now in the 21st century, you know? Yeah, at, at any given time. Because it changes right. from week to week or month to month based on your schedule, if you're touring or if you're recording or, or even just your mood, like if you're just getting out of something and you're not, you're depending on what you're looking for. Well, I think we're experiencing an evolution of the dating apps. It's almost, it was almost like was like the wild, wild west when they first came out. It became hookup culture. But now, yeah. I, now I feel like people are finding ways to use it to, to have more genuine connections. I know me, pers yeah. me personally, my friends laugh at me because I got to a point where I've become super, super, super direct on the dating apps where like I don't waste any time. If I match with somebody, like my opening message is so ridiculously direct that it's like, hey, you know, and I basically am like, I'm dating with intention. Like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. You know, our, like I'm dating for something long-term, potentially with the right person. Is this something you're open to at this point in your life? <laughs> like, that's like my opening. That. And if that turns the person, the recipient off, then there's your answer. I'm yeah. gonna back on i'm gonna i guess pounce onto your idea with literal data i did that approach not with the same verbiage but with my now wife yeah and she told me while yeah. yes, we admit oh. that it was intense because yeah. it is she found it refreshing because yes. i opened the door with my intentions yes that's beautiful i love that sentence you're beautiful uh. baby <laughs> oh darling don't you <laughs> But I, I just, you know, because I got to a point where, where I wasn't direct at first and I would be like, oh, you know, we'll just see where it goes. But I found myself wasting my time, 
with people that didn't want the same things or they weren't quite a match. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm I'm not I'm done with this. Like I would much rather just be direct up front. And 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 actually, again, back to Autumn. Um, before she said, "Don't be afraid to scare someone away, because if it's the right person, you're not going to scare them away by being direct." It is that concept of finding someone who's on your level, also in the 21st century pace. Mm. You know, finding that trust and loyalty, and somebody who only has eyes for you. Um, a loyalty thing. I, you know, I want one woman. I can't seem to find that energy anywhere. Hmm. And I think that might be potentially a result of dating apps and how many options we always feel like we have at all times. And maybe again, just a lack of humanness on that part. I don't know. Or do you think that's something separate? Well, it's, I experienced that too for a while. I experienced like I, I couldn't find somebody that, that wanted, I'm more of a traditional guy. And, mm. and I wanted that traditional courtship experience. Mm. And I wasn't finding it for a while. I was finding, especially in LA, there's tons of options. You always feel like there's, you know, there's another bus every 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like always. Wow. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know what I'm saying though? Um, I'm not saying I don't. But what I will say is that when I became, when I started to become very intentional in my mind about exactly what I wanted and I started to speak it very early on in the dating process, I started to find that I was attracting people that were more of a match to 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 kind of like that they were in a similar mindset for me is when I was when I started becoming more direct in my approach. I hear that. Yeah. I think your approach now, the way you message people, I think is brilliant. Being like, hi. Are you just, just, and it's really polite and really beautiful. And I think that's such a brilliant, I think I'm going to take that. Yeah. Try it out for yourself. See how it works for you. It's done wonders for me. It's transformed my experience with dating. And I'm sad to say that we are at the end of our episode of Today of Life Rhythms. It's been such a pleasure having Ray on the show, having my co-host in part one, Susan Winter, dating and relationship expert. Everyone check out Susan Winter. Check out Ray. And check out the single bed. I love it. Loved having all of them on the show today. Life Rhythms is on Adobe Radio Monday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Check it out. It's a pleasure having you. We will see you next time.